Hello and welcome to Normal Questions. Thank you for choosing to spend this next hour with me or these next few hours with me. My name is Clémence Ribora and I'm so pleased to introduce you to our show. As you already know, Normal Questions is your weekly journalism show where we discuss some of the most interesting developments and debates in the industry and where I prompt experienced, renowned and award-winning editors and media personalities to share what makes a truly great interview as well as their favourite career memories and some advice for those interested in joining the sector. This week is very special in more than one way. First of all, live listeners today get a double episode with two very special guests that's my holiday gift to you and i'm very happy to introduce you to our first guest on episode four of no more questions i had the pleasure of interviewing the buzzing r&b artist saint joshua to talk about his newest release called eb3 his first headline show happening in february at the social all things creativity and fun work i love saint joshua's music and i'm very happy to introduce or reintroduce him and his work to you today our conversation is rich, it's awesome, it's fun, and without further ado, this is St. Joshua and Normal Questions. To promote your album, your EP, EP3, obviously. <laughs> um, and as we start, I wanted to ask you, so you've released it on 18th November, and I wanted to ask yes. how you'd say that your newest release stands out from your previous ones. Cool, so my newest release stands out because I feel like it's much more sensitive and vulnerable than my last project. With EP2, it was all positive, it was fun, it's all about, yeah, let's have a good time, it had a positive outlook. Whereas EP3, I, I always call it like the, you, the moody younger brother of EP2. And there we've just got a lot more ballads, we've got a lot more slow songs and something that's real emotional with like Love Game and Where Did It All Go Wrong versus the exciting positive outlook of EP2. So. I'm really proud of EP3. I just think it's it's, it's a different take to soul and R&B, and um, yeah, that's why I think it's it's different to the rest of my projects. Yeah, I definitely agree from like the listener's perspective. And something that I think is great is that those two different moods—the one of EP2 being like very joyful and colourful, yeah—and then EP2, EP3 being, as you said, a lot more moody and you know more in your feelings, kind of. That's yeah. reflected <laughs> in like the aesthetics. Of of each EP and that struck me even with EP1 actually when I was mm. listening to them mm. so they all have quite mm. different vibes in terms of music yes. but also like photography and such so I wanted yeah. to ask you when you're putting together the EP itself and the track list um, do you ever think mm. of how you want it to look and how you want it to exist in people's libraries? Absolutely I think about the color schemes I think about the sounds and the project they all have to tie in together. So when I want to say, if I say EP1 or Pilot, I want you to think about the colors, which has the beigey sort of mm -hmm. soft undertones. But then when you think about EP2, it's like orange, red, vibrant, like Santo. I constantly always think about the orange and the orange cardigan that I'm wearing <laughs> or, or the red um, robe that I had on the music video. It's all about color, 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 color. And then for EP3, I literally stripped it back. I said, we're, we're taking away the color. We're moody, we're blue. Yeah, literally. So I always, literally. So I always think about the aesthetics, what we're doing with it, and what it represents to the project. And for me, with EP3, having that black and white aesthetic was reflecting a more mature side, and it was also reflecting that. All right, let's get let's get in our feels a little bit. Yeah. So that's why um, I, I did that. And aesthetics is always so important for me when creating my projects because it's how do we 
tell this story not just with the music but with the visuals as well yeah and speaking of that um you co-directed the music video for trip which is one of the singles from your latest yes. release and that's yeah. quite interesting because you know we hear a lot these days about music artists that decide to get more and more involved in sort of all aspects of production and i'm interested in what you have to hear what do you have to say about that can you talk to us a bit about the experience of directing the music video and what you like about your involvement in it <laughs> See, I think of it as something that just was supposed to be. I initially wanted to direct it. So I remember creating the, the story with my friend Leanne and we were talking about all the different ideas we wanted to do with Trip. And um, I met with Luke, who was the co-director, and we mm -hmm. spoke about the video and we, we planned it from the very beginning, which was something that I wasn't always, I've always been a part of, but not to this level. Um, you know, we picked the production day and I thought, you know what, at this point, I can now change my world to just be the artist. I'm just going yeah. to go on the day and be the artist and, you know, tell me what to do as we planned, right? But on the morning, Luke calls me up with his wife and he's being rushed to hospital. I thought, what the, no! So I ended up having to direct the video myself and this was something that I wasn't supposed to do, yeah. but you know, we had a tight deadline, I had a week to go before the <laughs> was being released. And I was like, well, we have no choice. Let's yeah. get back in. And um, it was scary. It was really, really scary. And I was nervous that, you know, especially coming from just an artistic background. I'm not a director. This isn't something that I went to to, to school for. So I was worried that I might have a lack of the, the language that was needed for the crew. Exactly. Yeah. For the crew to, to really do their job. But to be honest, I, I had enough. <laughs> Apparently I knew what I needed to do. So it went really, really well. And, you know, afterwards we met up for the post-production and I was there in the room editing the video as well and, and just watching that video progress. So I feel like it's a, it's a, it holds a special place in my heart trip, the music video. Yeah. So that's how it went about, a complete accident. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I think that's often how the most sort of genuine things come about as well. And how did you feel when you were, you know, in the editing room seeing it come together? Yeah, so it was it was an, it, it was exciting, but it was also quite worrying because I thought, okay, will these scenes that I've recorded actually look good in the end? Because obviously I'm I'm director, but I'm also artist, yeah. so I'm on the other side of the camera. So sort of sometimes I'll be able to go and see the actual footage that we've recorded, but because of the lack of time or the pace, we really had to to move at pace, and there wasn't really much of an opportunity for me to review the footage um, at the time, but when I was there at the, at the editing room, watching each scene and going, all right, no, let's look at a different take. Let's look at a different take. No, this isn't good. This isn't good. But sometimes I lost hope. I was like, no, oh no, this scene isn't good. But then other times I thought, oh wow, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, we edited the video. Well, Luke was, is the main editor. I didn't really touch the mouse at all. Um, but Luke edited the video over the course of maybe three or four days, whereas I was there for about two of those days and we had to come up with a, a new way of telling the story because it didn't turn out exactly the way we wanted but mm -hmm. we used what we had to really tell a great story that I, I'm really proud of but um, yeah editing that part is, is oh 
crazy. I don't think I like editing at all. <laughs> I prefer just being on the production deck. So that's where I fit best. <laughs> yeah, agree. I don't like editing video, audio videos either. It's so yeah. long. It's so long. And then the lip syncing, trying to yeah. match the words and the voice. Oh, gosh. No, it's horrible. Horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of um, storytelling, what's your songwriting yeah. process like? How do you get sort of in the zone to write? Ooh, that's such a good question. It really varies, to be honest with you. Yeah, it. I feel like I don't have a set method. Whenever I go into a writing session with a producer, with another writer, we end up just having a chat. I like to think of it like some sort of quick, it's like speed dating, like, hi, yeah. how are you? Because a lot of the relationships I've formed with my, my co-writers have been this year or last year. So we're still getting to know each other, to be honest with you. And especially with the likes of Pierce, he's now, I consider a friend and a long-term collaborator. We, the first song we wrote together was Paolo Santo. Mm. And I remember us meeting in the room like, hi, you're right? Hi, yeah. So what's your music type? Yeah, this is what I do. Oh yeah, this is what I do. Okay. Then we started just talking about our opinions and thoughts and feelings and sharing what, just seeing how the conversation takes us. And then we start making music and I'll use those conversations that we've had before to kind of form mm -hmm. the song structure, the song ideas. And, and that's how I really do it. So I like to think, I like to make it as organic as possible. Yeah, um, I mean, having listened to Palo Santo, obviously, um, for two people who didn't know each other at the beginning of the writing there, you guys did an amazing job. Listen, I don't, we spoke about it, I just <laughs> went to his house this past weekend, I was like, you know we did Palo Santo on our first session? <laughs> what a follow-up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tough act to follow. Honestly, it's crazy. Tough, tough act to follow, but then again, we have Stuck On You. Yeah. We also did Trip together as well, so... I, know, I think we're doing pretty all right with the, yeah. with the recording so far with Pierce and I. We're like a, a nice duo, I think. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> but it, what you're saying is great because I think sometimes when people get the sort of finished product of a, like a mm. song or an album or an EP or whatever, they kind of forget about the community aspect behind it. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to talk about that because unless people actually you know, listen to the music in a gig, they don't really... Yeah see the community and even then it's not necessarily the people who exactly. made the song exactly it's it, exactly what i was about to say it doesn't just end with me and pierce um even with trip we've got luke that co-directed it i have leanne who mm -hmm. wrote the, the the story to the video i have donna lumiere who helped with the 3d project mapping of the video my manager adam who's been a part of this whole thing finding people for me to work with so we can make this project a reality. And Cheyenne Boyer, who's also the photographer throughout each of the of the artworks of EP3. Everybody has contributed yeah. to EP3. It's not just me, it's not just say Joshua, although it is my artwork, my EP. Yeah, yeah of course, yeah. It's, it's legit a community work. And that is the part that makes me proud, especially when I'm clicking that submit button to mm -hmm. um, the distributor, or I'm clicking the submit button on, on my socials to say, this is my EP. It's always a great time to acknowledge everybody that's been a part of it because it is really a proud member when we release the songs and, and the work together. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think coming out of COVID is something that people realise more with, you know, a lot of yeah. changes in the industry with recognising the crews for shows, etc. But mm. speaking of mm. shows and coming out of COVID, you're going to be headlining mm. your first show at The Social Woo! in London. <laughs> Big round of applause um, on the 1st of February. So how are you feeling about that? Yeah. And sort of what part of the process of preparation uh, are you on now? So... First of February, two thousand and twenty-three. Yes, I'm yeah. performing at the Mark the date. First headline show. Mark the date <laughs> because honestly, I'm just so excited because I feel like I have been working pretty much my entire life just to get to this point. It's my first headline show. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've done many shows. I've performed at Live Two Festival. I performed at Live at Leeds, and I've had great feedback and great reception from people but this is the first time where I'm actually doing my own show yeah. and it's going to be however long I want it to be and I get to shape it however long and that talking about the stage that's pretty much where we're at you know I'm having just released EP3 you know I have already record, um, performed some of the songs already like even if we don't and trip mm-hmm. but I haven't performed Love Game yet I haven't yeah. performed Where Did It All Go Wrong yet so I'm excited of incorporating that I want to change the the structure of the set um, I've had a, a set structure that I've been performing to but I want to change it up make it exciting it's the new, new year and it's my first headline show yeah. so I'm really excited I want to incorporate some more instruments and yeah it's just going to be a really really fun night so I hope I hope everybody gets to come and, and see this historic event <laughs> as they should February 1st at the social <laughs> Um, Speaking of, you know, being like in the set on the stage and in the venue, I've seen you mention in interviews before that Royal Albert Hall was one of your dream venues. And I was wondering, outside of London, is there a city that would be your dream place to play in? Oh, there's so many. So, so, so many. Well, um, state-wise, LA, because Los Angeles has shown me so much love from from pretty much the beginning and I, I always wanted to go out there. I'm working with a producer called Anoop D'Souza mm-hmm. and he came to my house. He was in London and he spoke about, you know, the reception that my music has had in LA. I'm like, wow, I need to go there. And funnily enough, yeah. when I was um, prior to COVID, I actually planned a trip to LA, but obviously mm-hmm. COVID happened and we weren't <laughs> able to go. But LA is the first place. I also want to perform at just really places that have really warmed to my music um, yeah. in my mind I'm seeing Amsterdam I love Amsterdam I've always loved Amsterdam yeah I've great there, venues like, there as well more times than anywhere else right um, and in Paris but yeah I definitely want to do a some sort of tour um, yeah. I don't know when that would happen but um I have a lot of listeners around around the world. Yeah, well, absolutely. I say a lot. Well, still, <laughs> it's yeah, like you do. Lot, but it's a good amount. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, I'm really just gonna meet everybody. Yeah, well, I'm from Paris, so I will come to your show in Paris when and where it happens. <laughs> yes, yes, we will go. Tell me a nice venue. I actually saw um, the internet in Paris maybe about five years ago. They performed at. Um, it's, it said it was a library, but it was a huge venue that we were all just chilling but I've been listening to the internet perform so uh, tell me some venues email I will, me and I will. I'll email you some venues <laughs> speaking of dream venues what, another thing that I've heard you say was that you'd like to play Phoebe from Friends her song Smelly Cat in the Central Park <laughs> and obviously like your debut your debut EP is titled Pilot and your friends compare you to Sheldon from Big Bang Theory so my yes, question is yes. if your life was a sitcom who would you like to play you and why? 
<laughs> this is so funny. I've had this conversation with my friends before. I've said Michael B. Jordan because he has, but he has to grow his hair, yeah. or he can wear a wig to resemble my locks. Uh, Michael B. Jordan can play me because you know I'm super, super hot, and <laughs> he will be the perfect cast member. And he has the range. <laughs> there you go. There yeah. you go. He has the depth. I don't think he can sing, but it's all right. We'll just yeah. have my voice over his. <laughs> And we could tell a great story with yeah. his acting abilities. My voice, go ahead, Michael B. Do your thing. Yeah, and you've directed before. You can you can be so involved in that sitcom. Exactly. <laughs> you're like, Michael, you're not doing that right. I don't say it like this. Okay, yeah. change your ways. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully he hears this. us. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. There's a there's a role right here. If, if he's busy, if he's not busy, I don't know. But come to London. Right it's a place in Joshua. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, coming back to your creative process, um, is yeah. there ever sort of a catalyst, like a moment where you decide I have you know X number of songs and I'm going to put them together in an EP, or does it sort of come like from having them and then you know doing mm. that work? Um, again, it has changed. For Pilot, yeah. I was looking for a set number. I wanted about seven, seven or eight, but I ended up with six. Um, just And when I listened to everything, I thought, okay, no, this is where it ends. I don't need any more. Um, mm-hmm. I always record more than what I need, and I pick the best ones that I want. For EP2, originally it was supposed to be a lot longer. Um, I wanted to include Even If We Don't on there. And did I want to include Where Did It All Go Wrong? I can't remember, but I had already recorded a lot of the songs um, on EP3. before EP2 and EP3 came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with EP2, like you said, it was about telling the perfect story. Mm-hmm. And when I realized that I wanted to separate the songs, it kind of... It, it presented itself in this crazy way. I'm like, oh, actually, yeah, they are. There are two different moods entirely, yeah. and I recorded them all roughly around the same time and throughout the year. So, yeah, I picked the best four for EP two, and then the best four for EP three. Um, well, I had to record some more songs, and the one that stuck out to fit into EP three was Love Game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I recorded that this year. It's the most recent song that I recorded and I just thought no this is the perfect storytelling yeah. element of, of EP3 and, and we immediately mixed it mastered it, I was like chuck that in right <laughs> there, this is where it belongs and yeah so I, I like to listen to the songs separately put it together and see what story it's telling and then mm-hmm. order it you know, for the track list and, yeah. and see if that works best so, yeah. yeah, and I definitely agree that Love Game sort of ties it all together in EP3. Right. Like it's it makes it I mean it it's very cohesive anyway, but it does like go sort of encompass the vibe very well, I think. Yes. Yes, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And the thing is I was so worried with EP three because I feel like you know, it's a, it's a very, very short EP, mm. but there's so many different sounds, right? We're chucking yeah. a, a whole load of different genres, R&B, dance, pop ballad and soul. So I was really worried that people might not get it. And originally I was gonna call it like, I thought, oh, this is like an unorthodox jukebox. But then I realized Bruno Mars took that out of the <laughs> title. So that like, fine, let's keep it EP3. But um, when Love Game presented itself to me and I heard mm-hmm. it and I, I, I sat down, I was like, this is, this is, we'll tie EP3 together. And I'm yeah. So glad you agreed. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
Yeah, and I think one thing that comes with the versatility as well and sort of making things mm. cohesive is the composition. So, like, how you yes. can use different instruments in a lot of different ways for mm -hmm. a lot of different sort of moods and vibes and songs. And yes. so what's your sort of way of going about that? What's your favorite instrument to include on a track? Oh, do you know what? Um, again, I'm loving these questions. Thank you. As part of all of the aesthetics and building a project, I think about the soundscape as well. Yeah. For EP3, the main instrument that I wanted to tie everything together was the strings. Yeah. I haven't used strings much within e uh, Pilot or EP2. And, you know, strings is always a heartfelt type of mm -hmm. instrument. So we had violins throughout EP3, except for Trip. And there's a reason for that, because, you know, we wanted to, I felt like it's all about emotions. Strings bring emotion. And mm -hmm. Trip was all about being emotionless and being a bit reckless. I thought, yeah. well, we can't add strings to that. And it, it was a nice flip, but um, I wanted to tie it together with, with, with the strings. And I felt like it was just such an important way to tell the story. And you could, it didn't feel like you're listening to two entirely different projects because they all just flow together with yeah. the strings being at the heart of it. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, good Soundscape one. Soundscape is so important. <laughs> yeah. Um, so before we started recording, um, we've talked a bit about mm. sort of habits and like going about your day and being, you know, having a time yeah. to be productive and stuff like that. But what's your favorite time? Because I feel like it depends a lot with a lot of people to listen to music mm. and to your own songs mm. as well. Like, I don't know how much you listen to them after, you know, the production's done, but yeah all the time I've got my Spotify around I'm back and I was yeah. legit number two for myself as you should well yeah. <laughs> as you should. I mean the one person that beat me was Beyonce I was like damn it yeah too much <laughs> um, so wait, what was the question was it the, um, my favourite time time, of to, time to listen to music yeah oh time to listen to music ooh what is my favourite time well gym obviously so mm -hmm. that's I normally go gym in the evening because I'm a night owl. Um, I always play music in the background, so it it will just be playing during the day. Like if I'm, you know, brushing my teeth, music is playing. Yeah. If I'm about to go to bed, music is playing. If I'm watching TV, music is still playing very subtly in the background. But still I just playing. Want to hear it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, so yeah, I always really, really play music. Um, the only time where I don't play music is whilst I'm sleeping yeah. I, it creeps into my dreams somehow mm -hmm. and I have like really weird dreams so yeah. I try not to get into that so I just <laughs> I switch it off when I sleep but um, it's only it's really like when I travel I love playing music in the car I don't have a car now but before I just love playing music in the car mm -hmm. if I'm travelling if I'm driving yeah. or whatever that's my that's my most favourite time I know it's, it's not a time of day but my favourite time playing music is when I'm in the car because you really get that full experience yeah. and the bass is just in your face so yeah yeah nothing <laughs> like a good road trip right ah oh, love a good road trip music singing from the top of my lungs yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's great um, <laughs> speaking of your Spotify wrapped um, you mentioned Beyonce yeah. what's your favourite song off yeah. of Renaissance uh, heated. No, energy. Energy. Oh, it's between energy and heated. I'm going to go with energy. Yeah. Great one. All heated. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like no one can choose. It's definitely like, one of those two. Yeah. 
Um, and speaking of Spotify Wrapped again, so obviously, I mean, many, like everyone will know this, but it's recently, it was last week, I think, the time for Spotify Wrapped, and you've been many people's top artists, but if you could curate the ideal St. Joshua fan Spotify Wrapped with you as number one, who would be, you think, there are the top four? Questions. This is fun. Right. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> so number one will be me. Duh. Yeah. Duh. Number two will be Steve Lacey because mm-hmm. I love Bad Habit and I love his album. Was it called Gemini Rights or something? Yeah. I love. Um, so it'll be Steve Lacey. It'll be Ari Lennox. It will be. Me, Steve Lacey, Ari Lennox, it will have a bit of Bella, because yeah. I really like her last album that she's just done, or EP, I should say. And then the fifth person it will be, it'll be someone like Leanne Lahadas, you know? Mm-hmm. Just someone real, real so- or Celeste. Oh, yeah. Or maybe Good Parks. Yeah, 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 right? So I'm going to go with. Leanne Habas because I just love her music so much so yeah. she'll be fifth I think <laughs> other ones I could see as well would be um, John Vinyl and um, oh, Anderson yes. Pack maybe I mean yes. I say that because I listen to them as well Bruno but Mars. yes I love Anderson Pack and I loved what he did with Bruno Mars that yeah. album was just everything yeah <laughs> my drummer had that album on repeat I'm like Henry can we can we stop now <laughs> please it's getting too much <laughs> It's getting too much. Yeah. I can also see Kadeem Tyrell on there. I, I think a lot of the listeners, mm. of my listeners listen, listens to Kadeem Tyrell yeah. and, and oh, Kwaku Asante as well. Um, Ed Blur. I, oh, yeah, yeah. There's so many people. Yeah. Who, oh, he, we've got a whole top 10. For. Yeah, we've got a cool top 10. I'd move Ed Blur up because I love his music so much. I love it so, so, so much. So maybe he's he's actually fourth. Sorry, Bella. Okay. <laughs> Bye, Bella. <laughs> Well, speaking of um, album and releases, um, when you released the lead, so when you released Palo Santo, which was the lead single to EP2, um, I think you said that um, six months from then you'd imagine being sort of in the process of writing for your first LP and your first album. But obviously, Mm -hmm. since then, you've released um, EP3. My question is can we expect the next St. Joshua project to be your debut album? Oh, well, now you sound like my manager. <laughs> I don't know what to, uh, how to answer that. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm always working on my album. That's that's number one. So I have songs already stored up. You know, when something that I feel like is is too good. Yeah. I think it's it 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 just screams debut album. So I have a couple of those that I've stored up, but. Has it been my primary focus? No. Will it be? Maybe. Yeah. We just have to wait and see. We will. <laughs> I'm still going to continue to record and make great music. I'm not trying to set a, a project in mind. I just like to work free and see what I create with, with my co-writers and producers and just have fun. So will it turn into an album? Maybe. Who knows? Maybe not. Who knows? In either way, to be we honest, will be there. At home, yeah. You'll be there. Yeah. Yes. Um, to be honest, at home, I always have like compilations of like unreleased music. I'm mm-hmm. like, wait, could this could this be the album? Is this it? Is this <laughs> the moment? 
So Did Shuffle pick out the track list? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I think you're right to say it, to sort of go where the inspiration gets you and to let that flow, because I think listeners feel, you know, the more genuine projects and are sort of drawn to them. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't want to think of it as, oh gosh, I've got to do my debut album. Mm-hmm. What is it going to look like? What does it feel like? I'm just going to make music because at the end of the day, you know, we, we, we've spoken about cohesion a lot in this interview. I'm I'm the glue. It's me. Yeah. It's my head. I'm writing the song. So they're going to sound similar. They're going to tell a story because they're my words. So just let it trust the process and let it be natural. So, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, well, thank you. I think that's a great note to end this interview on. Um, for listeners, a bit a bit of a reminder, uh, EB3 has been out since 18th November, so go listen. And on February 1st, St. Joshua will be headlining at The Social in London. That's right. I've got normal questions, and I hope neither do you. Um, it was a pleasure talking to St. Joshua about his newest EP, EP3, which has been out, as I've just said, since 18 November, and doing my very first artist interview on normal questions. Do mark your calendars for February 1st, because as you've heard, he will be headlining his first show at The Social in London, the first of many, many others. Um, I have a lot more exciting things planned for you on normal questions until February, but for now, this was episode four of no more questions thank you so much for tuning in and see you next time